What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting from Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. Here we are in the heart of the universe. That is Clarendon, for all those who are just tuning in. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back again for one, episode 182. Alongside me, I got a full crew here. Across from me, of course, is Tess Strike. Tess, what's up? Hi, Chris. How's it going? It is going well. Glad to be back on this beautiful, sunny day. It is beautiful. Isn't it? 60-some degrees here as we broadcast our record on Tuesday. Man, nicest day of the year so far. Also to my left, it's William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? Well, if I was going to talk about the weather and then you guys already <laughs> talked about how great of a day true. it is, what am I supposed to talk about when I come in? All right. Well, it, what would you have said? I was out on the, the WNOD trail. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pause for all those who run out there to yeah. shout, you know, yeah. like, ooh, I know that trail. Um, tons of people out there today. Yes, that's true. And I love it. I love seeing it. And I, I, I was thinking, like, everybody who put in the work over the winter goes out today and really just crushes it. Like, this is this is the time right now to take advantage of putting all that work that's in right. over the winter while before it gets too hot. But also, I also think it's – Everybody else's time who hibernated during the winter to come out today. That would be me. So, so you had the crossover of everybody yeah. who was showing off well, all their hard work during the winter and those no, 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 who no, were no. just not, out for the first time. No, 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 it's not showing off your hard work. It's like you you put that work in and now you now you get to work while mm-hmm. the weather's great. That's true. You get fit because once once the the nineties and nineties come, that's true. Forget it. Yeah, that's true. That's just so, maintaining. So you just want to get that base for the winter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, today was a good day to come, go out and run. Uh, but no base for you, Tess? Not I this have one? no base. No base. <laughs> I'm baseless. Uh, all right. Well, there's still time. It's still February. It's As we record here, February 5th. you got plenty of winter to go. I'm sure. It's 65 degrees, but it's not going to be like that, I'm sure, for the rest of the month. I hope it is. But, right. Uh, but to be fair, I also was out on my bike because I'm still having some calf issues. Yeah. Uh, Man. So, but still, I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it on the bike then. Heart attack calf. If anybody's got a solution, tweet us at Pace the Nation. Uh, big show to get to today, guys. Uh, exciting show. A full slate of topics to get to, uh, including we've got a couple stories of a woman running uh, a marathon and a friendly animal, and then another person running with an unfriendly animal. So uh, two different stories, two different outcomes. Um, I think both of them pretty positive, but we'll get to that here. In don't a little confuse bit. the stories. I'm conflating them a little bit, but they're both. No, but animal. I'm saying when you tell the stories, don't tell uh, them. Definitely, don't, don't confuse the stories. Definitely, I want to tell them in a group, but we will, uh, yeah, tell them separately. Uh, also, on today's program, uh, our buddy, the marathon investigator, he is uh, making a plea to the Philly Marathon uh, about some cheaters. I want to touch on that. Uh, some hikers got lost in Great Falls on the Billy Goat Trail on Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, it, it, it ended well, but uh, we want to touch on that. Also, the Super Bowl. We'll talk about the Super Bowl. Uh, I've got some dog stuff to get into. And then finally, uh, very excited to have uh, Jason Dunn on the program today. He is the cross-country coach for the men and the head men's track coach at the University of Virginia. 
Oh, that's where I went to school. Yes. <laughs> and I see Docs is wearing a UVA. Docs, well done wearing mm-hmm. your UVA uh, Coincidence, t-shirt, to be honest. T-shirt here. Uh, so very excited to have Jason Dunn on the program. He's also, uh, he and his wife own a treadmill studio called Formula Complete Fitness. So we're going to talk about his coaching journey. This is his second stop at UVA. He's yeah. been there before. He wasn't our coach, Docs. No, but he was uh, not. He is a friend of uh, of ours and great guy. So he's going to come in studio and talk to us uh, about both his treadmill studio and his coaching journey. Um, and I did say finally, but I, I might have a bird scooter st- uh, story to throw in there as well. Time so, pending. Yeah, time pending. Uh, but before we get up to all that, I, I want to share a couple things um, to you guys uh, about my weekend slash uh, okay. Tuesday. <laughs> I know you're, you don't sound happy. Uh <laughs> We've talked about Docs as neighbors on the past, um, and I want to talk a little bit about my neighbors. I've got oh. great neighbors. Good neighbors, okay. Yeah. Good yes. for you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, nice neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you there's a house that uh, that was built behind your house mm-hmm. in like three days. I know. It has gone up fast. Good for them, man. Yeah. That, get that construction crew when, doing when, everything when, in this world. When I, uh, yeah, if they had been in Clarendon for the, no one remembers the Clarendon construction the con- updates. Con- Clarendon but. construction update, yeah. They, they would have had uh, this job done in no time. But, yeah. yes, uh, actually, uh, t- t- as you look at my house to my left, mm-hmm. um, a, uh, a new neighbor, that's a new house as yeah, well. So you're describing this like just imagine you're a teenager on Halloween yeah. and you're looking you're, – you're standing on the street and you're looking at a full bowl of candy that's been left out for the honor system. Yes. Okay. Then to your left is – Yes, is my neighbor Scott, a mm-hmm. listener of the show. He's a runner. Uh, he's he. They moved in there. He and his wife moved in there with their young son. That's a relatively new house as well. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So both of those houses actually are very extremely yeah. new. So uh, getting caught in the minutiae a little bit. I want to. Talk yeah, I don't about, know why you just mentioned that. I, I want to talk about my great neighbors. But I do. I do want to say that that if you go out on Halloween, you should stop at Farley's house early. Before yeah. the candy runs out. Because I do leave a... It's on an honor system, and the kids yeah. always take it. Just take one, right. Yeah, always take one, except for five take minutes in, they're all gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so Saturday night, let me, you know, I'm going to talk about Scott, uh, my neighbor to my left, and then mm-hmm. John across the street from me. So, oh, okay. Saturday night, mm-hmm. um, Julie is not nice. back from the... the uh, meat that she was at uh-huh. so i've got both kids i've got one crying baby in my arms you were my, left babysitting <laughs> my two and a half year old it's not babysitting if it's your <laughs> I kids know. yes i know well i've said babysitting many times i've she doesn't tra- know, she doesn't know the inside joke she's because trained, she never listened to the show no 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 no, no. she's uh, he's trained me not to say babysitting but yes it's mm-hmm. not babysitting correct so i've I'm, trained you not to say it and now i'm trying to trick you into saying it <laughs> so i'm watching my kids kid uh six month old in my arms my two and a half year old behind me. Uh, I go into the bathroom in my room for something, and uh, my two and a half year old closes the door behind me. That's okay, fine, whatever. Uh, and then he pushes a button that locks it. So it's probably about seven seven thirty at night. And wait, you are in the bathroom, and he locks you into the bathroom. He somehow locked me and my younger son into the bathroom. <laughs> but there's not a. There's not a lock on. The- I, I I can't figure it out. How do the locks in your doors Great question. work? It's we, not. We are, it's supposed are, to be the other way around. We yeah. are getting this d- door. Uh, we're we're getting this door uh, out of there asap. I mean, I I couldn't. Uh, so I'm in the bathroom with a six month old kid. Yeah. And my son outside is 
trying to open the door. He said, Daddy, open, Daddy, open. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm trying to stay calm. I'm like, I, I can't open this door. So I put my son back. I, I have nowhere to put the kid down because mm-hmm. I didn't go in there thinking, oh, I'm going to put him down in a bed or anything like that. So I put him on the bath mat, and he starts screaming. And then my other son starts screaming because he's screaming. And then I start screaming. Well, I didn't start screaming. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tried to keep it very, <laughs> Are you sure very calm. you didn't start the screaming? <laughs> I tried to keep it very calm. You internal screaming. I did. I was internal. And my, my heart rate was rising. I was like, I cannot open this door. So I pick up my kid, and I'm trying to, uh, trying to pry it open somehow. It's somehow locked, or I, I, I still can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Again, we're getting this door replaced. I'd like to come see it, investigate it before. So, okay, I actually will have you. We'll have you come yeah. over um, this week before it gets. Uh, yeah, good. Uh, it gets thrown out of there. So, I call Scott, my next door neighbor, to see if he's home. He's in the middle of putting down his kid in an epic battle to put his son down, who's about the same age as my son. So he doesn't answer his phone. Then I call John across the street, and you know it's it's probably eight o'clock or so at night on Saturday, and. Weird time for me to be calling him, and he says, uh, "Hello, Chris." Hello, and, Chris. And <laughs> yeah, he's responsible <laughs> one across the street. Uh-huh. Um, you know, his kids are a little older, so he's not juggling two uh, two toddlers or infants or whatever yeah. my kids are. So I said, "Hey, John, are you home?" He said, "Yeah." Um, uh, he, he said, "What's going on?" And he's obviously concerned. I said, "Because he can hear the screaming." I, I believe yes. I believe I've locked myself into my bathroom. He said, well, how the heck did you do that? <laughs> Just kind of what you asked, too. Yeah. But uh, I said, I, I don't know, but can you come over, please? He said, I'll grab your key. And I said, no, the door's open. That's fine. Um, <laughs> that's a so, little concerning as which well. Which is a little concerning as well. And we'll no, get to, that's fine. We'll get to th- that. Uh, we'll touch on that in a minute here, too. So he walks in the house. My son, son sees him walk in the house. My son screams again because he sees he sees John, but right. not usually just walking in the house. Right. right. Uh, he comes in, gives... J- uh, James a high five and then casually like opens the door mm-hmm. you know and I literally was in there for about five minutes trying to pry this thing open and he mm-hmm. just kind of uh, you know pushes it open and you kind of makes me up. look like you an idiot it <laughs> I must have, yeah it's like the jar like the peanut butter jar yeah. you know yeah. I mean I kind of look like an idiot because he kind of comes in and just casually opens the but, door but some, sometimes the, I will investigate and I will report yeah, yeah. back. You I'm not going to speculate, yeah. but I have some thoughts already yeah. on this situation. Um, so, First of all, I love the idea that you guys are going to throw the whole door out. Well, that's not amazing. just the handle. We're yeah. gonna- it was an embarrassing uh, incident. So mm-hmm. I, I want to make sure that I will throw that door out <laughs> to let everybody, and I will have it out on the street so John and everybody knows that, that it was the door's issue. It was a defective door, and it wasn't uh, user mm-hmm. error. I want to make sure everybody okay. realizes that in the neighborhood. Um, so John, um, you know, he's nice enough to come over. He, he lets me out, and, um, uh, you know, I thank him, and he's on his way. So, uh, mm-hmm. so that's, uh, that's Saturday night. Um, okay. Today, um, we sometimes leave our door unlocked like we did that night, but mm-hmm. most of the time we lock our door. Okay. So today I come back from work. I realize I don't have a key on me. I go back. I'm like, ah, oh, probably the back door is open or something. Go back home. Front door locked. Back door locked. And I'm in this situation where I got to, you know, I got to get to the podcast. I got to get mm-hmm. some stuff done here. I have no time. Okay. So Scott next door has a key. John has a key. John is obviously gone for the day. No cars are in his house or, or, or in his driveway. So I text Scott. I say, are you home? And Scott says, no, I'm not home. Um, what's going on? 
I said, I locked myself out of the house like an idiot. Have and you done this before? Yes, I have done it before. And he's been home or his wife was home and, and let me in. Uh, th- so uh, he says, up, oh, no problem. I'm going to jump on my app and I'm going to open my door. And I'm standing at the door and his door opens. Mm-hmm. You're going to get some, one of those, right? Oh, we're definitely I mean, getting one. Who's heard of such, such technology? Many people. So I, I had, I mean, it was one of those ring doorbells. Mm-hmm. So he probably yeah. could see me. He's probably sitting yeah, at work, like you, yeah. watching me, yeah. like scramble like, and sweat. And Farley, get your finger out of your nose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he unlocks his door. I know where the key is because it has happened before. So I just go into the to, to the drawer right in right inside. Don't the say house. where it is. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Good point. Oh my point. gosh. Uh, I go God, unlock my door. And I say, breach. dude, that is a, that is the craziest thing ever. Like he has some device on his phone uh-huh. that unlocks his door from mm-hmm. wherever you. I think he works in, in some. You know, I think Falls Church. It doesn't Church matter. Had, it's not yeah. how far away he is. <laughs> I know he probably could have been in like. He could be in Thailand and still probably, open the yeah. door as long as he has an internet serious? connection. Is that is that how that thing works? Yes. I, so you got to explain this. It's not like a garage door opener. <laughs> yeah. So, so he doesn't have to be within range. Right. Push it. Be, he was he was thirty feet behind you. It was the most. <laughs> Is the most he works at John's house. <laughs> it's the most dumbfounding thing I have ever, I can ever think that I've, that uh, I've been a part of. See, I'm surprised that you don't already have this because I feel I like know. this is a product. I know. I've got every Apple specifically yeah, for gonna, you. Yes, this is, I got to get one of these. You're exactly right. That that was my first thought. Is like, how do you I know, not have this? You know why? Because it has it hasn't come up in your Twitter feed, and you're so stuck <laughs> in your Twitter feed. Tweet us at Pace the Nation or Run Pace or let me know what the heck this thing is. Or maybe I'll just ask Scott. Um, it was incredible. He just let me in and I said, dude, do I need to lock the door? But I said, nope. Dude, got it myself. What you do, I'll tell you what you do is you install those on every door in your house. So the next time you lock yourself in the bathroom, you just get your phone, which is in your – you have your child in one hand, your phone right, in the other hand. So then you just get on your phone and you open the bathroom door. That's a great, that's a great call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good call. All right. Um because you're right, I would always have my phone on me. Yeah, good, good call. Uh, well, you had your phone to call I your did, neighbors. Of course, fortunately, I did have my phone on me. But if I didn't, I would have my watch, which I could also call my neighbor on. Yeah. But uh, but I don't have. This I don't device. know why right now you're bragging about being on the edge <laughs> of technology when you didn't know about these know. door cameras. I know. I, I I think it might be a ring thing. I I, I don't know. They uh, don't sponsor here, okay, so don't sorry. use any yeah. brand names. Door camera slash door yeah. opener. But it opened and closed the door. It was the most unbelievable thing. So mm-hmm. uh, thank you to John and Scott. Great neighbors. Man, um, good thing I got good neighbors around me. But they also they have a podcast, those two guys, and they <laughs> talk about you all the time. They probably- I would love to hear their podcast. <laughs> yeah, if you guys do have a podcast, let us know. Oh, my God. Home. Okay, this week's yeah. Farley story. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that was just uh, a couple of tidbits from the, the mm-hmm. weekend that I wanted to share. Um, also, uh, big this weekend was the Super Bowl, and I wanted to get your you guys' know, thoughts on the Super Bowl. My thought on the Super Bowl is that in our last show, you promised we were going to talk about the Super Bowl. Yes. You jinxed it. That's <laughs> why I, it was such a terrible game is because <laughs> you jinxed it. It was a terrible game. It was the worst Super Bowl I can remember. But I, I also think that everybody's spoiled because the greatest Super Bowl was the year before. <laughs> right. The one time the Eagles won the Super it Bowl. It was a great game. It even was. People, it was. It was people a who didn't game. like either of those two teams were like, you know, that was, that was a great game. It was All entertainment. Right. I, I want to know what your guys' Super Bowl experience, not the Eagles one uh, mm. this year. Uh, where did you guys watch it? Did you enjoy it? I, 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 I did think it was pretty boring. 
I stayed at home. It was stayed mediocre <laughs> at best. Commercials? Everything was mediocre. From the game memorable. to the commercials. We're the all half-time. buying an Audi. Yeah, Audi was yeah. good. Audi, Audi was good. Audi had the best commercial. Halftime, mediocre. Mediocre. Oh, terrible. No. no. Maroon 5, no. I mean, I think we should have stopped doing halftimes after Prince right, shut it down. Right. He, was, he was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Now, I like Adam Levine, but... He started stripping and like mm. yeah, I didn't like a lot that. of tattoos. <laughs> he has way too many tattoos. I mean, I think he was just wanted to show off his tattoos. All Probably. Right, so. I just the whole thing came off as awkward, and yeah. even like with the three musicians, nothing blended or Dude, really flowed right. together. Big Boy came out. They gave him what twenty six seconds. It was I, short. That was it, ridiculous. Yeah, I think he got more intro time than actual performance. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree with you on that. Um, I um was disappointed in the game and the halftime show the commercials i like the uh, nfl 100 commercial which i thought was that was funny. good i like that commercial the too. audi commercial but i i did enjoy we had a text message string uh test i think that was that was entertaining uh that was that but that was w- more entertaining than uh when when our friend who doesn't watch a lick of football is the best thing about the night it's <laughs> not a good thing about football because tim is our buddy tim is very funny yeah so he, he's always entertaining, even though he doesn't watch football. Yeah, he was he was chiming in on all the commercials, yeah. which is great. I yeah. do like the commercials. This is what I said. I said, all the good things about the Super Bowl are exploited to the point where they aren't good anymore. <laughs> that's, like, that's, I think that's accurate. Super Bowl commercials used to be a great thing yeah. when, they, when the bar was low. Mm-hmm. The halftime show was a great thing when the bar was low. Now halftime is like 45 minutes. It's longer than a normal game so that they get the stage out there and all the production and all this kind of stuff right. and all the people on the field. They need to cut that out and just make the Super Bowl the Super Bowl. So that's why I, I was trying to think of why they, they stalled for 15 minutes before the halftime show because they're trying to get the stage out there. Because they have there. to put oh, the stage production. I got it, yeah. Because they were... And they were sitting there and pontificating and, and analyzing a 3 nothing game. And I'm like, there's nothing to talk about. Let's get on yeah, with the halftime show. let's get on show. with the show. And that's the problem. I'll say uh, last year, it was miserable being an Eagles fan. Yeah, being and, a fan and of and the like, team. Just, I, just want it, I just want the game to get back on. Right, I don't right. care about this stuff. And this extra long halftime. Uh, it can, also, you remer- can you tell me who was the halftime show? Justin Timberlake. Okay. It's also a problem that... Anytime the Patriots are in the Super Bowl, you're giving Bill Belichick and his staff extended time to make halftime adjustments. Yeah. If Just give them the Super Bowl. It's impossible yeah, to beat them true. unless you're the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> well, the Giants are the Philadelphia Eagles. And I know, NFC the Giants East team, did it twice, right? you got to be NFC East. Well, too bad my NFC East team did not um, has not beat the Patriots, um, but... You watch at home? Where, where were you? I, I went to my parents' house. Went to your parents' I, house. Okay. I, I got one Super Bowl story okay. to tell, and I think we really need to get to the guest, but I'll, since we're doing yeah. Super Bowl now, right. I'll, I'll, I'll tell it. Okay. On Friday night, Chris Farley sends us these text messages where he, he, he went to the casino and got like 21 uh, proposition bets, yes. prop bets, which we talked about mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. He got all these prop bets, and he, he puts them like on the – the console of a car Mm -hmm. it's the worst presentation ever (laughs) he takes a picture with all of these tickets all these betting tickets in one picture and comes up with this like harebrained idea that we're going to draft these things and i was hoping to engage my friends and it was so complicated yeah it was so complicated normally what he does is he sends us he sends us a, a text message and he says we're 
pick pick the squares. We're doing squares together, we're, right? We're doing the squares, whatever the score is at the end of the uh, first quarter, right. halftime, all this. Right. Stuff. It's so simple. It's easy. Everybody's right. okay. Here's my money, whatever. He comes up with this thing. Crickets. Nobody's responding. Nobody Nobody's cares. responding. So I write him back on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm like, dude, this is way too complicated. <laughs> you, you read the room wrong. Just do the squares. We'll You're do right. the squares. So he sends something out, and he says, all right, guys, let's do the squares. The squares are filled in three minutes. Ten people respond immediately. In three minutes. <laughs> I know. Everybody who'd been ignoring him about these, they're like, because nobody can read these things. Nobody know. knows what you're talking about. Yeah, it was, It was. I, I misread the room. You're right. It was a swing and a miss, but but, but the, luckily, luckily, right. you recovered. I we did, did the squares. Yeah. Squares are always fun. Yeah, I, I'd hope to engage the audience with um, my our friends, being the audience, um, with some prop bets and you, to make it a little more interesting. I mean, they weren't of high denominations; they're really inexpensive prop bets. But um, you know, but, I was hoping but like it, I said, part of the problem was it, it was a text message with twenty-one yeah, tickets I in it. I, I can't read <laughs> I this. Know. <laughs> I, you know, I thought you could zoom in, and you know, you could like. It was way too much effort yeah, on our part I know, to like. It was. And we were like, honestly, the way you explain how it works too is not very clear how it worked how, how how like who gets the money and all this kind of yeah. stuff it was just too it was too complicated was you have too, a formatting issue i did have a formatting issue it was a bad it's all about uh, the sale it, it it ended up being a, a not a great idea um it's so funny. how did the tickets do i i all right so i bought 27 tickets oh 27 not 10 dollars each so I'm kind of scared because I'm like I'm expecting my friends to contribute to this. I wasn't expect, <laughs> I wasn't expecting to spend two hundred seventy dollars on that. Yeah. I mean, that's a uh, that's a pretty big. It's a chunk of change. Yes, I was like, what? I thought you know I thought hey everybody will, will chip in and you know it's be twenty bucks each or something mm-hmm. out of our dozen friends. So I'm stuck with these twenty seven tickets. I'm like, well, it, it turned out two hundred sixty six dollars returned on the two, and so I lost four dollars. <laughs> That's well, why I said. I lost $4 <laughs> on it. Um, yeah, I mean, if there was like that, if if Cooks catches that touchdown pass, it's I, I could have been – you would have heard about it because I would have yeah. won like a hundred and some anyway. Oh, for real? Yeah. But, uh, oh, well. So, anyways, uh, that was the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I'm going to just do the squares. And the, $2 just stick a square. to the squares. <laughs> no $2 woo-woo. a square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Um, one more thing before we get to Jason. Oh my here. gosh, we're but, never uh, gonna get to Jason. Everybody, everybody. Uh, there was a lot of uh, reaction on last week's show. I love the engagement oh, from right. the audience. Yeah. Um, love that the DC Dog Runners finally mm-hmm. binging our episodes. Love all you, everybody listening. I um, like everybody who shouted out about the left turn signal. Left turn signal. A lot of action on that. Mm-hmm. People talked about the um, that football player um, who was like the MVP of the league. Um, sticking to the football topic here. Alan Page. Alan Page. Uh-huh. I, I heard three people, maybe it wasn't on Twitter, but uh, somebody told me that he comes goes out to the um, out on the uh, Minneapolis or, or maybe it's Twin Cities Marathon. What I think maybe they have two yeah. two marathons with the with the tuba. Yeah, it's a saxophone. Oh, a saxophone. Sa- so a he's saxophone? out there playing a saxophone. Saxophone. Um, yeah, he's a saxophone player out there on the course. Um, did you mention that last week? No, I didn't think so. Okay. Anyways, uh, that was really interesting and, and running related. So I just want to give you that running related every year. He's mm-hmm. out there on course, mm-hmm. uh, playing the saxophone. All right. That's it for, for football for today. Uh, <laughs> maybe for <laughs> so, the year. Yeah. Maybe for the year. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> maybe for the year. We'll talk more football in September, but next excited to be joined by our buddy, Jason Dunn. He is the head coach men's cross-country coach and head men's distance coach 
at the University of Virginia, and he's also an owner with his wife of a treadmill studio, and the treadmill studio is called Formula Complete Fitness. He's going to join us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Docs, we've had uh, Tess exit stage right. Do you think she's going to come back later? <laughs> no, I, I think she may come back later. Spoiler okay. alert for the exit of the show. Okay. Just, just maybe. But, maybe. Uh, but in the meantime, we are excited to be joined by a buddy of ours. He is the head coach of the cross-country team at the University of Virginia for the men, and he's the men's distance coach at the University of Virginia for track. And also, he and his wife own a treadmill studio called Formula Complete Fitness. It's Jason Dunn. Jason, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you making the trek from uh, Charlottesville, the two-hour trek here. Um, how was the how was how was the drive getting here? It was good. Not too bad. I'm uh, a little tired. It's a little hot out there today. I know. So we were talking oh. earlier about the weather. It's uh, it's nice and warm. Um, your kids now now you coach at, at UVA. Your kids. Uh, enjoy being able to get out and run you know probably now docs and i don't run shirtless anymore but the, your kids probably are, <laughs> are glad to get out there uh yeah and run shirtless and shorts and all that every and, chance they get in a, in, a, in a day like today so mm-hmm. yeah it was it, it got up to about 60 maybe high 60s here same in charlottesville it was 77 77 wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah it was uh, actually a little hot for our workout on the track this nice. morning that well, is crazy well, you guys we, work out in the morning we do. We practice at 11 a.m. on Tuesdays, which is pretty nice. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Well, well, they've changed everything since I know. we were well, in school. Well, Docs they and don't I, even have to go to class anymore. No, <laughs> Docs and I went to Virginia a long, long time ago. But uh, mm-hmm. you'll find out from this show, we like to talk weather, we talk dogs, we talk football. So we've covered the, the weather and the football. So we'll talk a little dogs later on the program, too, because I know you have a GSP. I've got a GSP. So a lot of, lot of note comparing to do. Wow, that's going to be fun for me. Uh, but before, before we get into that, uh, you know, I wanted to ask you about your journey uh, becoming the head coach for men of cross country and, and the head distance coach at UVA. You've been at UVA uh, for just a year in your current situation, but you were there from 2000 to 2004. But you're also a number of different places. What led you back to Virginia? Yeah, I just, uh, I guess I reached a point uh, about two and a half years ago where uh, I'd been coaching for 20 years and I um, uh, was a little tired, a little wore out. And mm-hmm. uh, my wife and I uh, talked about maybe move in someplace that we wanted to live and, and starting something new. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when we're And you know, she was a coach, coach too, yeah. Yeah, when I was coaching at Stanford, um, Ann was coaching at Cal Berkeley. Okay. So we had three years of crosstown rival dating. <laughs> uh, didn't tell anybody uh, about that, honestly. Didn't tell anybody for about two years. Nobody really? knew. That's yeah, crazy. We'd see each other at the same track meets. And yeah. Just acted like yeah. nothing was going on. <laughs> so great. it was pretty fun. Uh, yeah. But then, uh, yeah, when I left Stanford in 2012, um, uh, and left Cal at that time as well and joined us on the staff at Kentucky. Um, virtually our whole staff from Stanford uh, picked up and moved to Kentucky um, back in 2012. So it has been a journey from, from well, you started at, at William Mary, went to school at William Mary and coached there a little bit, mm-hmm. Arizona State to Virginia. Then I'm trying to see if I can get this right. Virginia to Stanford, Correct, Stanford yep. to Kentucky, um, Oklahoma, and then back to, back, Virginia. Back to Virginia. So yeah. – um, 20 years of coaching, and that's just, it's an odyssey of so many different places. Is that what it takes to get to a head job like you have right now? Um, in some cases, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, you know, I didn't think I'd ever leave 
UVA the first time I was mm-hmm. there. I just thought I was in the place that I belonged, and it felt really uh, like the right spot. But uh, when an opportunity came up at Stanford, um, you know, I, uh, I I just felt like I, I needed to take that opportunity. I wasn't sure if it'd come back around. Um, and it was a great experience. Got to coach some great athletes and teams. And um, and then, you know, my boss at, uh, at Stanford at the time took a job at Kentucky, and that's just the way of college coaching sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you end up just following uh, – following the head coach and that's what we that's what our whole staff did so was it is it tough like moving all these different places across the country i mean yeah never really you getting grounded yeah right yeah um yeah. and particularly if it's uh, a place that maybe you don't feel totally comfortable right. in or that doesn't seem like like home um, all right call out some places come on tell us what, what <laughs> yeah what, i mean stanford's well, got to be pretty stanford nice was pretty I mean, great i, I liked I mean, palo alto and uh, there's no but oklahoma i mean i just i don't know yeah. probably yeah. you couldn't find oklahoma uh, you're right you're right yeah, but right. but yeah, no, it was uh, that was that was part of it for us, honestly. Um, yeah, not to not to take a, a shot at Eddie Oklahoma, but goals, uh, of course. But um, you know, we just didn't. Uh, it was a great place to work, but didn't necessarily see ourselves living there long term, and um, really wanted to get back to a place that uh, that I had enjoyed and my wife had uh, experienced some, and, and also felt very comfortable with uh, in Charlottesville. So that's why we're there. So I, I got a question as a sports fan. It's got to be difficult because you're at all these big time universities and you're changing your hat every three, four years, then you're rooting for Oklahoma football, then you're rooting for Kentucky basketball, then you're rooting for, I mean, how do you keep track of it? Was that difficult? Like seriously, was that difficult? Uh, uh, No, not really. I think I was always a fan of whatever school I was working at. Um, I was a fan of Stanford football before they got good. And then Mm -hmm. during my time there, they got good. That was cool to see. Um, Um, definitely Kentucky basketball and Oklahoma football. I'm still still a fan of Oklahoma football, and I probably will stay as one just because I really appreciated the way they operated mm-hmm. their program, and I got to see it, you know, a little totally. different angle than than Most, some people. So right. it was, yeah, um, it was neat. But you know, again, I just always just sort of showed that loyalty to, to the school I was at, and now I'm Virginia football fan again. <laughs> and uh, um, you know, and we'll, how we'll, can you not be a Virginia basketball fan? That's these right. Days, yeah, man. of course. Um, so. Tell me about Stanford. So at Stanford, one of the top, a lot of our listeners, you know, don't follow college running, Mm -hmm. um, but on the men's side, women's side too, one of the top universities running wise in the country, you had some dynamite teams there, right? Mm -hmm. What was, what was that like coaching? It was great. High level athletes. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, I again, felt really fortunate to get the opportunity to work with uh, some of those athletes and then, you know, collectively teams, um, you know, I, uh, some of the, some of the guys I got to coach there, are some of the best ever to run in the NCAA. Like who, so. who, who would you coach when, uh, Chris Derrick was probably wow. the guy that I coached for four years there that, um, you know, he ran 27, 31 for 10,000 meters. He's the mm. fastest American ever to run in college. Wow. So, um, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. Uh, 14 time yeah. all American. So, um, certainly, you know, I was fortunate to get to work with him and get to see his career progress over that time. And, um, Elliot Heath uh, yep. was, uh, you know, an NCAA champion that I that I coached there. That was super talented guy, great guy. Um, his brother Garrett just called me a minute ago. Uh, really, and coach Garrett as well. Um, coached him a little bit professionally um, after after he graduated at Stanford. Uh, so yeah, no, it was great. It was really really cool. Um, it just gave me an opportunity to, uh, having been at Virginia and sort of trying to. F- figure out my craft, I guess right. you could say. Um, maybe the first four years I was at UVA was kind of figuring it out and then kind of had a system in place and then got to go to Stanford and apply that system to some really talented athletes and and it seemed to work pretty well. And, yeah. um, and you know, there were some great women that, you know, that I got to work with too. Lauren Centrowitz, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Matt's yep. little sister, I coached her and, uh, you know, that was a, sorry, big sister. Right, uh, right. Yeah, uh, the, but that was great to coach Lauren. She set the school record, in, you know, 1500, you know, when I was there and, um, um, you know, so it was, it was just really, really cool to get to 
have access, uh, you might say, to athletes right. of that level and um, great people too. So, yeah, and so you 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 know, it's a little different than football or, or basketball when you're the coaching the number one team in the country. A lot of pressure mm-hmm. uh, for these football and basketball coaches. Or is it different? What, did you feel a lot of pressure, you know, being sort of under the microscope, you know, at a different, and, you know, we're not talking millions and millions of dollars on the line like there is in those uh, revenue generating right. sports. Or but, maybe there was. But maybe there, maybe there yeah, was. Maybe there yeah, was. Yeah. I, I mean, did you feel the pressure? Or? Uh, yeah, no, for sure. Um, but I think that, you know, and any coach probably uh, applies more pressure to themselves than they w- allow themselves to feel from the outside. But um but yeah, there's no question. I think Stanford's an interesting place to work. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure the other coaches that have worked there would probably echo similar sentiments that um, you kind of feel like no matter how well you do, it's uh, it's just okay. Right. Yeah, well, that's what you're supposed to do. And um, so uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit of a hollow place to work sometimes. It's something uh, where the, the expectations are so high, all you can do is disappoint people. <laughs> At some level, yeah, right. yeah. yeah, you know, and. Uh, you know, I think that's, you know, you talked about we had some teams that were ranked number one in the country and on the men's side. And, and unfortunately, we didn't win a title. So I guess, right. you know, we got third, fourth, fifth, but we never won. And, and so that ends up becoming, a, you know, a, I guess a failure in some eyes. And so that's, that's an interesting place. But uh, I, I, I knew that going in. It wasn't a shock to me by any stretch. Um, and I, you know, I'm not certainly not shying away from those kind of expectations. Um, yeah, and you're building, you know, teams like that here at Virginia. We're going to get to Virginia in just a second. Um, but so the coaching staff leaves Stanford to Kentucky. Um, and did that same coaching staff go to Oklahoma? What led you to Oklahoma? No, so Oklahoma, um, you know, that opportunity came up pretty quickly. And, and frankly, yeah. it was an opportunity for Anne, my wife, and I to coach together. Okay. When I went to Kentucky, I was just coaching the men. One of my uh, good friends, former athletes that I coached at Stanford, actually recruited him when I was at Virginia, mm-hmm. Haken DeVries. Um, he was one of the first to kind of jump on board with the new coach when he went to Kentucky, and he was going to coach the women. And so I came on a little bit later, um, and uh, I ended up just coaching the men at Kentucky. And so for my wife to have a place to coach, um, you know, Oklahoma seemed like a good opportunity for us to work together and coach both genders again. Very cool. So... You decide to get out of the coaching game after Oklahoma, um, and I agree. What a what better place to live than Charlottesville? I mean, were there other places on the list where was Charlottesville? You and your wife said this is where we're going to go. Yeah, the the uh, my, my wife is from Madison, Wisconsin. She ran okay. at the University of Wisconsin, and so that was a place that she threw out there. But yeah. I uh, you nixed I, that I, wisely. I nixed it pretty <laughs> yeah, quickly. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, I had interviewed at Wisconsin for a job, yeah. you know, uh, before I went to Stanford. And one of the things that, you know, the cold, I just couldn't see myself yeah. dealing with it. So, so no, that one was uh, certainly on the table, but not really strongly considered. And then we really have an affinity for uh, Central Coast, California. So, yeah. um, but the thing that Charlottesville really, uh, the draw there was just my mom lives in town. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she had moved there when I was coaching there previously. And then, um, yeah, you know, just we we'd have a sense of community, honestly, and yep. um, that we would know people. We would have, um, you know, immediately have friends. So, and also, you had a a great opportunity in Charlottesville because you were a bartender at Random Row. That's correct. Yes, yeah. that uh, was <laughs> yeah. that was a big draw. I mean, yeah. in, in all honesty, that was you know, that was something that was exciting to me. Thinking about moving back there and the conversations I had prior to us actually, you know, doing it uh, mm-hmm. and you know, deciding to move to town. I was you know speaking with Bob and we talked about that, but. Uh, yeah, it was cool to work there for my first couple, you know, months or my first year, I guess, there. Very cool. Yeah, and the, the you guys opened Formula Complete Fitness. It's formulacompletefitness.com. If you're ever in Charlottesville, you can drop in for uh, 
a, a, a session that they have. You can see all their classes on their website. We'll get into that in just a minute here. But um, so you think you're done coaching. You're at, you're in Charlottesville, um, but you decide to you know maybe I'll, I'll help uh, Fetzer and the gang as an operations person. So. Mm-hmm. This is just a crazy 20-year coach, you know, mm-hmm. one of the best in the game, and he says, I'm going to be an operation manager, which kind of an entry-level-ish position very in that much world. So. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, explain, how, explain to everybody yeah, what that that's, is. That's just that like a crazy is. move. And, well, yeah, yeah uh, it's certainly a position that didn't exist the last time I coached right. at UVA. <laughs> right, right, um, right. And, um, you know, and, and the resources just weren't available. Um, there are programs around the country that have that position in a, maybe a little higher uh, stratosphere in terms of sure. uh, in terms of uh, pay and whatnot. Right. But for, at, at UVA, when I took that position, it was very much entry level. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a full time job. It did have benefits, and that was That's a great. huge huge thing when we were, you know, basically just picking up and starting over. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and you know, we wanted to open the business, and and um, it just worked out really well. And it also kept me involved. I mean, um, you know, again, I I wasn't wasn't walking away from it because I didn't love the sport. Sure. Um, it just it just got to the point that I. Uh, I just didn't know I could do it another 20 years without a break. Right. I like to think of it as a sabbatical right. um, in, in, the, you know, in the educational realm that, yeah. that we exist in. Uh, you know, professors get to do that. Coaches don't. But that's kind of what, what I did. So you were there as the operations director for two, two years? Two years, yep. So was it hard, like, seeing what – and we love Pete Watson, still good buddies with him, and I'm sure you had a mm-hmm. lot of respect for what he did with that team. Of course, and yeah. Was it – hard to see what he was doing or what the other coaches were doing and say, I, I would want to do this. No, or that. no, no, honestly, um, I, I never went to a practice. The okay. only time I ever was around a practice was, uh, when they came out to Panorama farms where sure. I live. Um, and I, you know, I was out running with my dogs right. and, uh, and I might run a co- you know, come across them practicing, but otherwise I, I never went out to a track workout or anything. So no, um, I, I didn't really have those, those hmm. thoughts. It was cool to be there, but I wasn't involved, uh, in any of the, the coaching side of things at all. Well, that's awesome that uh, Pete got the job at Texas the last year and the job opened up and, um, you know, you're a perfect fit for it. I mean, when the job opened up, I mean, was there even an interview? I mean, there was an interview, I'm sure. I don't, I mean, I'm sure there was, but you knew this was a, this was a good fit. For yeah, you. no, right. I knew, yeah. I, I knew yeah. it for me it was, yeah. uh, you know, and I, I appreciated Coach Fetzer yeah. having maybe a similar feeling about the, how, how smooth of a transition it could be. Um, yeah. just the fact that I was there for two years prior and, and I knew all the athletes and, um, you know, was even, even familiar with some of the recruits just based on, you know, the recruiting process that I might've been involved with. But, uh, um, but yeah, it, it was just a, a real, a real natural fit, yeah. a real obvious thing for me at least. So I did want to talk a little bit about the, the, the kids, and it was a natural fit for you to be there because you did, you were familiar with a lot of kids. And actually, we're familiar with a lot of the kids on your team, too. We we put on uh, this DCXE uh, invite uh, every year, and we select an all-DCXE team of top 64 kids. And let me just run all these boys by you. Oh, that, it's a uh, list. Yeah, I know. I love our, lists. Our loyal One, two, listeners. three, four, yeah. five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, nine kids on your team. Colton, what's Colton's last name? Bogucki. Bogucki, Peter Morris from Loudoun Valley, Alex Corbett from Lake Braddock, Ahmad Hassan from where's Oakton. Where, yep, Oakton, Derek Johnson from Tuscarora, Ryan Lockett, Poolsville, Johnny Pace, Westfield, Sarav from TJ, what's Sarav's last name? Valise. Valise and Harry Monroe from Gonzaga. What about Rohan Asfa? Oh, of course, Rohan is 10. He's from Montgomery County kid uh-huh. too. Yeah. So he also, of course, made the all 64 team. 
Um, so That's that 10 was out a, of twenty three. Th- that was a test for you. That's just yeah. so he does know how to say his kid's name. Mm-hmm. That's that's yep. good. So Rob's but was a tough one. But that was it. You nailed it. But uh-huh. uh, I just wanted to. You, you don't have to do anything other than come down to here, Northern Virginia, D.C., Montgomery County, and recruit. I mean, it's unbelievable how many kids from this area you have. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a great area, obviously, and um, you know it's turned out well for us. And, you yeah, know, we've got a lot of good guys there, and we had a great freshman class. That was an exciting thing for me to come in. That uh, Coach Watson had left. Uh, a really good group of eight guys, um, you know, that I came in with, uh, you know, coming in as coaching. And so that's exciting that, you know, I get to start with them and, and really, you know, continue to hopefully guide their, uh, their careers in a positive path going forward. Um, it, you guys did not make NCAAs this year in cross country. How tough yeah. was that? It was really tough. Yeah. Uh, it's still hard, so to, hard to swallow. Yeah. It was just a really interesting, you know, uh, I guess set of circumstances that led to it. Um, you know, I had a little, a uh, little bad luck with uh, some health. Had mm-hmm. one of our, you know, better guys uh, come down with mono, which hurt us. Um, and uh, and then, you know, just uh, ended up being a tough region. Um, and uh, only two teams ended up making it yeah. out, just the way things played out around the country. So, yeah, really hard. Um, you know, we had we had four guys make all region. Three of them had never done that before. So, awesome. um, so th- you know, there was progress there and things to feel good about. But um, ultimately it comes down to, you know, we need to get it done yeah. and, and, uh, we didn't, we didn't get it done. So that was really tough. Um, not only just me coming in as a first year coach, but the fact that I have eight years, uh, previously yeah. invested in building that program up to the level that, you know, was maintained very well, uh, and the 10 years since I left, uh, that was really tough. Yeah. To, did you always take pride elsewhere to see Virginia sort of progress? Yeah. I always wanted to see him yeah. do well for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to beat him, but, uh, <laughs> right. but I, but I wanted to see him do well right. for sure because, um, because I, yeah, I put eight years of my life into trying to, trying to build that thing up and yeah. started out as a young coach and, you know, yeah. it's cool to see it, uh, you know, progress. And so, um, so yeah, it, it really hurts. Um, and I tried to express that to the guys, uh, you know, from my perspective, uh, and I think they get it and, you know, you know it's just live and learn, you know, we got to yeah. just move on. Well, I know from docs and I, who I could speak for docs here. Well, he, I he, hate when he, you do, but we, as alumni really appreciate what you guys are doing. It's really fun to watch the team and, I know the alumni is really pulling for the distance group, and you got a really good group, and I, I feel like on the cusp of – you're already really good, but on the cusp of doing really great things. That's yeah, exciting. Thanks. Well, we appreciate the support. Um, you I, can speak for me in that case. Yeah, I, I wanted to qu- quickly just on track, and I want to get to Formula Complete Fitness because mm-hmm. I, we only we don't have too much time. This is going to be dogs. the longest episode. And dogs, and dogs of course. Yeah. Um, but uh, there was a, 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 an interesting tweet um, from a former UVA track athlete uh herman moore this mm-hmm. past week now a lot of people know herman moore as you know a uh, wide receiver for the detroit i think Lions he's like and, a hall of fame receiver I right think, yeah so uh he tweeted uh, uh and and gave props to a kid who just tied herman moore's record seven mm-hmm. three jump jump seven three now you don't coach so what's the kid's name and man seven three yeah, yeah that's really high brenton foster okay um he's uh, a transfer came into our program this year so um we're, we're lucky to have him and uh, wow. thrilled to see him doing well. He's an Australian uh, okay. athlete. And, um, uh, you know, I was there to watch the jump. I was literally standing right. right behind the pit. So it was exciting to see him get up and over that bar. So 7-3, so does that, I mean, 
can you score it into I, I just that's so high to me like that's gotta be that's yeah. a, that could be like that person could jump over me I, yeah and a couple feet <laughs> uh, yeah. to spare actually yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, that that's a good mark in the NCAA. Okay. Um, you know, if you do that on the day um, at the national meet, there's probably a pretty good chance you'll wow. score. Um, but you know, there are guys that that, that jump higher, wow. so it's uh, he's it's got crazy. he's got some competition still, some things to hopefully get him over another bar or two. Awesome. Well, let's talk about Formula Complete Fitness. I mean, this is really the reason why you guys moved to Charlottesville. You start a business, you take the leap of faith. Both of you guys, longtime coaches. Uh, how how difficult i mean how scary was it to do that yeah it was definitely scary um you know and i can i can even back up a little bit yeah you know, Anne uh, was working with a guy in oklahoma city who was starting a treadmill studio there and, okay and you know it was so she had some experience with um you know kind of the ins and outs of getting things going from the ground up and she was due to to be running that studio or managing it if mm-hmm. if we had stayed there um, and, you know, we kind of got to the point where we you know, wanted to move and then we thought, well, maybe we could just do this ourselves someplace else that we want to live. And um, but, yeah, there's no question it was scary. You know, we uh, we, you know, basically put everything we had into it. And yep. um, uh, we had a lot of back and forth, uh, you know, in the in the planning stages. But, um, but you know, I'm, I'm thrilled that we uh, we took the leap and, and gave it a shot and it's going really well. Yeah, Formula Complete Fitness dot com. Um, explain the concept to, yes. to our listeners. So, uh you know, we have uh, 12 Woodway treadmills, okay. which are top-of-the-line treadmills. Um, we also have 12 Fit benches. Um, so the room is a long, narrow room. Uh, the treadmills face the mirrors. The benches are behind the treadmills. Um, the majority of our classes, probably 70% of our classes, are, are ones that involve 15-minute um, segments, four 15-minute segments, two on the treadmill, two on the uh, on the ground doing functional strength training. So mm-hmm. intervals on the treadmills. Um, good, good, solid core um, work with dumbbells, med balls, uh, different things on the ground. So it's not um, just running. Oh, very cool. Okay. No, no. So it's it's a full hour workout, okay. and um, you know you do you get your thirty minutes of running, but you do get also thirty minutes of good solid strength training. Um, you know, a lot of runners particularly uh, neglect the, uh, strength setting, the strength training side yeah. of things, particularly as we get older. Yep. Um, so it's a great way, a very highly efficient workout to be able to get, uh, you know, get 30 minutes of each in. Um, and, you know, still some quality running on those great, you know, great Woodway treadmills. So that's one of the classes. We okay. also do a focus class that's... Um, uh, just 45 minutes. I actually taught one this morning, 5:45. Wow. Nice. Uh, it's just 45 minutes on the treadmill, and, and it's a, basically a guided workout, um, you know, through him, uh, hills and intervals, and um, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty cool way to uh, to get a good workout in a group environment. So the, you've got a group, 12 treadmills, got 12 people in there, or however many people in there. Yeah. You're you're the trainer telling them exactly what level to put the treadmill at, what Correct. speed or what what speed is appropriate for them correct yeah. and then um you know then you're giving them breaks and sort of interval training along the way yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah um and, and not you know, not only the workouts farley but he's also picking the music that's, that's <laughs> yeah, correct yeah. well his playlist well, fortunately ann's uh, taken up a little <laughs> bit more of the uh, playlist players duties since i got uh, back in the coaching game yeah. so uh but that's I still, fortunate yeah, for all the clients that's, yes that is true <laughs> yeah. I, I had some pretty funny songs that probably raised some eyebrows but yeah. um but now, now it's funny when I have some some girly song that uh, that I'm that <laughs> yeah. I'm you know putting yes. out there, and I'm kind of like, uh, I wonder if they think I'm. No, but anyways, it's but it's fun. It is a high yeah. energy environment. Yeah, yes, for sure. with the music and yeah, yeah. Very, it's all, very we cool try experience. to line it up to the music, not not as if we're expecting people to run to the beat by any stretch. Yeah. That's yeah. not good. But um, but our intervals and things are timed up to uh up up to different points in songs, and it's amazing how rhythmic songs yeah. are. I had no idea, but yeah, um, but you can really <laughs> time things up to a thirty second interval or you know a series of them in a song. So well, Doc and I have uh, both done uh, a uh, workout there and had 
both had great experiences. I was there with a um, – you're not the only famous coach who's uh, who's in there. I was in there with another famous coach who works out there. Uh, our, your football coach. Which That's right. Was very very Bronco cool. Bronco Mendenhall. Yeah, a, yeah. He's he's a, he's, a, he's a client and and regular user of Formula Complete Fitness. Very cool. Um, how did you guys? Did you guys use? Did you and Ann as coaches use treadmill training at, for your athletes? I had not really previously okay. outside of. Uh, you know, like a, an anti-gravity type treadmill okay. um, that we would use. But Anne actually had a fair amount of experience with it during mm. her time at Cal. And I, I remember, you know, when we were dating, we didn't talk about our, our respective teams at all. Right. Um, we really didn't. Um, but occasionally she might say something to the effect that she had been at a treadmill workout or, you know, or she was inside with the treadmill. And I was like, we're in California. What are you doing on the treadmill? But um, but she found that uh, they could be really beneficial Um Primarily for for injury prevention, yeah. honestly, because they do remove a lot of the uh, the impact. Um, you know, putting a little bit of incline on there takes away that impact, and um, and they also really allow you to uh, to utilize your you know your glutes and mm-hmm. um, you know and fire up uh, your posterior chain, which you know a lot of runners neglect. Right. Um, and so just that little bit of incline um, really really can get you you know using that yep. those muscles. Um, so how long have you guys been in business? About a year and a half. About a year and a half. Yeah, we opened September. Good. Things are going great. That's yeah, great, Actually, man. the last couple of weeks have been awesome. That's uh, great. Numbers are way up over last year. That's so um, It's been really fun. It's well, been, good. It's been uh, neat to see how things progress. Well, um, I'm worried that the treadmill running has taken away some running with your dog. I, but uh-huh. I still hope I, – I, so you have a GSP. I have a GSP. It's, but it's, it's, it's very uh, well chronicled on this program that I have a GSP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And love my dog, <laughs> but, I mean, literally, if I don't go for an eight-mile run with her every day – I, I couldn't. I could. But you're doing it wrong, Farley. Right. Jason lives on a farm. That's true. So how do you exercise? How do you exercise? Do you run with your dogs? I run, run with them every day. Every yeah. day. So uh, you got a GSP and a and a, and a v- Vichla. Vichla. Wow. Yeah. So two so super high energy. Yeah. We had the Vishla first. Uh, wow. And um, and then when we moved to Charlottesville, we we got the, the GSP. Louis is the GSP, mm-hmm. and Sarge is our Vishla. How old? Uh, Sarge is three. Louis like two and a half. Right, something about like that. the same so, age as mine. Okay, um, cool. And uh, yeah, no, they're great, uh, great running companions, and um, keeps me uh, out the door. Do, do, yeah, it gets you out the door for sure. Yeah. No question. Uh, yeah. do, do you run with them on leash, off leash? Or? No, always off leash. Wow, um, man, and I actually just made a great uh, purchase here recently, at least for for us. Yeah. So I got a, a Garmin. Uh, yes. Dog collars. Yeah. You know, so I got one GSP of collars. Yep. So yeah, we know where they are at all times, and I can shock them from five miles away if I need to, but uh, which I don't. But right, right, but it's right. great to see them on the map, and it's also cool to, to track their metrics. Wow! So like, uh, and I always joke that if I ran five miles, our Vishla would run four and a half, and our GSP would run about seven or eight, and that's pretty much what I'm finding to be the case. I like so. that you have a GPS for your GSP. Uh huh. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's good. good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's an app. I actually have the, the Garmin app on my phone right now. But yes, uh, you just want to shock your dogs just randomly. That's no, 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 no. I, I, um, I think I have a different. There's a couple different Garmin. We don't advertise because Garmin doesn't oh, advertise yeah. for us. Yeah, but you know, but but there's a couple different Garmin um, dog collars that are pretty awesome. So I have the Garmin K9 app. I'm sure you have the same act, app. And yeah, it's pretty cool to see the, the metrics on there. Yeah. Um, are your dogs on Strava? Uh, no, but I probably should put them on there. <laughs> they would have pretty <laughs> impressive some, stats. Yeah, especially Louie. He's, yeah. uh, he's quite the runner. Yeah. I, uh, I got to get out there. Man, off leash, my dog would be in heaven. Because I'll run literally eight miles with my dog on a – there's just not a lot of off mm-hmm. leash spots here. Right. Um, eight miles with my dog on a five-foot leash. Which she still loves, but you know. Yeah, our, our dogs don't know how to behave uh, on leash. <laughs> yeah, because they're uh, off so right. much, um, and you know it's an 850 acre farm. Wow, uh, where That's we're awesome. fortunate enough to get to live, and so it's uh, 
it's like heaven for dogs. That's, it's they don't know how good they have it. I'm sure. That's oh yeah, dogs oh. are spoiled. Oh, that way. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I'm I'm curious, like what your day, and, and we're gonna get you out of here. But I'm curious what your day sort of looks like. You you um, you know, as a coach, every day is different. But now you've got the business mm-hmm. and coaching, and you're teaching classes regularly like what's a day what's a typical yeah, day and i usually just teach uh once a week okay. especially just this time of the yeah. year um you know like i said this tuesday mornings we do our focus classes okay. um, and so those are the only ones i teach i can't i can't do those back and forth classes right. like ann does um but no and ann does most all the work with the business i do just some of the behind the scenes mm-hmm. stuff um but I'll, I'll i'm usually go in in the morning just to uh get things started with her so it's you know 5 30 we're in there every day and then um, then I usually go to practice, you know, mm-hmm. we have morning practices and then, you know, I'll spend some time in the office or, you know, sometimes I'll have, you know, two a days practices. Uh, so it's a lot of back and forth to the farm and, yeah. um, you know, maybe finish up in the studio at, you know, in the evening when our classes are ended up around seven o'clock at night. So it's long days, wow. but, um, it's on our terms. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. That's awesome, man. Well, it's very cool that you guys have found this. Um, you've got a great combination of you coaching and, uh, uh, the, the the business. I mean, you're very very fortunate, and you do guys are doing an awesome job. Wait, you guys are just like your dogs. What? Yeah. How's that? Very fortunate. Yeah. That's, right. <laughs> That's very true. Well, we are very yeah. lucky. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Well, you can follow again formulacompletefitness.com. Um, you also can. I go to virginiasports.com, and mm-hmm. you can see. You know, okay. you look at the cross country results, track and field results. That's my spot. Is there mm-hmm. other spots? I mean, I know you guys are all over. Social media, social media, yeah, over the yeah, yeah, over the Instagram, Instagram, and and and, and, and Twitter and Twitter, all that. All who, that stuff. who does your social media for for what for track and field for track? Uh, our media relations contact Stephanie yeah. uh, does most of it, but uh, actually some of our staff, um, Coach Merrick, our throws coach, does okay. a lot of a lot of the videos and a lot yeah, of the they're uh, really the stuff good. In there. Yeah, yeah, he does a lot of that stuff. He's got fancy yeah. cameras and whatnot. So I was hoping it was you, man. No, it's not me. I'm I'm, I'm a little behind <laughs> who, the scenes. Who, do, who does the uh, social media for? For formula that's Ann primarily and, okay, and gotcha. then um another one of our employees uh, emily they do a lot of the stuff so um, and pretty much does everything for formula she mm-hmm. does yeah. she really does <laughs> i certainly don't yeah. um she you know she does all the work and, and works the really long days but uh yeah but uh it's and then it's, jason takes all the credit on the podcast well i i i seriously if, if you're in town in charlottesville uh there's you can drop in right i mean yeah you, for sure so so you can check it out on the website and 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 find an easy way to drop in uh, generally, how much would it cost for one of our listeners to come in? And uh, a drop-in class is twenty dollars. Okay, uh, but That's you great. can certainly do a lot better than that on, uh, you know, on yeah, packages, if you do packages um, and stuff things like that, that yeah. for sure. Yeah, cool. and uh, we have classes that run, you know, usually a block in the morning, five forty-five and seven, you know, yep. e- either a ten or or an eight thirty, and then usually a, a lunch class, and then we pick up again late in the afternoon. Very cool. Yeah, the ten o'clock class is the one I did. Is it? I'm surprised yeah. you weren't there don't, at five forty-five. Don't get me at the five. I don't even <laughs> know about a five forty-five in the morning. <laughs> I know. Well, you're at la- random row too late to get there at five forty-five. <laughs> Come on. All right. Well, Jason, really appreciate the time. Yeah, awesome to, to, to catch you up with you. All right, there he goes. That's Jason Dunn. He is the head men's coach for distance at the University of Virginia. He's also he and his wife own Formula Complete Fitness. We will tweet out all the particulars. Thanks again, Jason. Thank you. All right, there he goes, Jason Dunn. This is Pace Nation. We're gonna take a quick break and be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again. 
to Jason Dunn for joining us. Great to catch up with Jason. Uh, again, he's the coach at UVA for track for the men uh, distance uh, program. And Formula Complete Fitness is his business. A couple of very cool things going on there in Charlottesville. Um, so Tess is not here, but she will be here. She'll be here in like yeah, three just, minutes. Just just a few minutes. I think with, I see her across the street. With your creative editing, you'll make mm-hmm. sure. Oh, yeah. Or there, she's right uh, across the street. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, really uh, good to catch up with Jason. I'm glad you, uh, you, you talked about his um, bartending at Random Row as well. Yeah, that's a big story. Yeah, it is. It I is. think that's the biggest part of the story. Yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I bet you big, didn't even know he worked there. <laughs> I don't know if it's the biggest part of the story, but <laughs> it is cool that he, that he just decided, you know what, I'm going to do something different uh-huh. and I'm going to just, you know what he did is he did what I keep saying. I'm going I know. to do. I'm kind of jealous of yeah. what he did, yeah. but now he's back in it full time. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's back working way more than he ever has in his life. So yeah, that's uh, true. That's, uh, that's just the way things work out. Hey Farley, Jason told me something once. Mm-hmm. So I think it's relevant to bring it up here. Okay. But he, he's like really into these numbers and stuff like that. And statistically speaking, mm-hmm. did you know that if you're in a room with 50 people, you will find two people with the same birthday. No. You, you'd I'm think shocked. that it would be more, right? Right. But statistically speaking, it's 50 people. But the fun thing is, if Jason and I are in the same room, it's <laughs> you, just two people. You guys have the same birthday. We have the same birthday. <laughs> wow. And we have a, we have a um, mutual friend, uh, Dana, who mm-hmm. texted me on my birthday this year. And she, she texted me and she said, hey, I think it's Jason's birthday. Make sure you say something to him. Well, <laughs> something like that. I don't. I don't know exactly what she said, but it's it's funny that there's <laughs> there's people who you're connected with, uh, whether you know whether Jason came back to Charlotte for whatever mm-hmm. whatever he did, you would have been connected mm-hmm. with him, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I've got the same sort of connection. Another UVA guy, Jim Harshall, has got his own podcast. He and I were born on the same day. You and Jason not born on the same day. No, I'm significantly but, younger than him. Yeah, significantly is <laughs> a stretch, but. All right, that's good to know. I will know that. I know, next, I know, Harshaw. Time. I didn't know you guys had the same yep, birthday. Same birthday. How about that? I hope he listens to this one. Happy yeah. birthday, Harshaw. <laughs> no, well, a few months from now. Uh, All right, Docs. One thing I forgot to mention when Jason was here is that uh, Harry Monroe, we mentioned as one of the kids who's a freshman year, uh, freshman this year at Virginia. A first year. How long have you been uh, out of UVA? Uh, good point. <laughs> first year at Virginia. He worked for us here. Yes. And yeah, another so, yeah. Pacers success yeah. story. Uh, yes. So you're not the only one who works for Pacers who ran at Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry, and, and I'm sure there's others who ran at Virginia. There has been oh, there's a ton of them. Through the years, definitely. Mm-hmm. Too many to name. But right, yeah. right now. Harry, Harry actually sold me a pair of shoes. Yes. Uh, and he was fantastic. Yes, great. So uh, I know Jason's really happy with how he's doing running-wise. We're really happy the way he did in the store. So we look forward to seeing him this summer, if Jason is okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to some stories uh, running-related here. Uh, I wanted to bring up the story from the Marathon Investigator. Uh, we, of course, have had... Mr. Murphy? Derek Murphy on the program in the past, and he has a website, marathoninvestigation.com. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and he does some awesome work where he uh, finds marathon cheaters and brings them to justice. Tries to. In most of the cases, he does. And... Um, I wanted to show you guys uh, his latest article where he gave examples from the Philadelphia Marathon where it was blatant where these guys are, are cheating in the marathon. 
so this person, for example, was first place in the male age group, 75 to 79, runs a 10K, the first 10K of the, uh, of the marathon in 130 and finishes his race in 306. So yeah, if he'd ran the first half in 130, you would understand running 306. Well, but, his uh, coach probably said, don't go out too fast. Well, <laughs> or there's a, a couple of places where he missed the mat too. So I think that's probably, um, it's probably pretty obvious what happened there. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Boston qualifying female age 26 came through the half in 301 and finished the race in 316. So That's if, a kick. If, 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 <laughs> wow, if she's you, got some wheels. I bet you she was like a sprinter in high school. She sprinted the last half marathon in 15 minutes. Um, anyways, uh, we'll, we'll tweet out the link. Well, what, do you, who, what do you call it? I, <laughs> we'll tweet out the link. There's just a few uh, obvious uh, obvious uh, examples of, of, of some cheating going on. And the marathon, if you've ever run the marathon – the half marathon finishes where the marathon finishes. So you can basically stop the course and then kind of hang out for 15 minutes instead of running a 15 minute hat next half marathon. It's pretty easy to hang out for 15 minutes and cross the finish line of the marathon. And, um, you get your 316 after running a 301 first half. Uh, but the story I think is there's been no response from the Philadelphia marathon. Yeah. And these guys are, <laughs> allowed to run these are boston qualifying times and rightfully so i think people are outraged and uh so i'm doing my part to put it out there and the good people at philly uh please do the right thing and disqualify these guys yes i love i love the philly marathon i think it's uh one of the best marathons around um but hopefully these guys are 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 brought to justice from our friend uh derek murphy so um you can we'll tweet out the link at pace the nation and you can follow that or tweet in yourself and let Philly know that you're not pleased with these guys cheating. All right. I teased earlier on a couple stories running related. Mm-hmm. Um, one test brought our attention to recently. Somebody running and was attacked. By a mountain lion. By a mountain lion. In Colorado. The story is unfolding as okay. we speak. It, it came out in the Washington Post that I saw this morning. So we don't have all the details yet, but this gentleman, named to be released later, um, was attacked while running by a mountain lion out somewhere on the trails in Colorado. Now, now Docs has fantasized mm-hmm. about being attacked by a bear. Yeah. How do you feel about mountain lion? Attack? I'm allergic to cats. I wouldn't <laughs> like that. So a bear is fine, mountain lion, yeah. no. Okay, so attacked by a mountain lion. But it's an 80-pound animal wow. that he somehow a manages to fight off. 80-pound animal. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It was also, it was a baby. It was a juvenile. It's, it, it's not a, yeah, it's not Still. a full, it's not a full grown, oh, come on. Uh, 80 pounds? Yeah. I mean, of, I mean, those, those things are killers. So, okay, so. Well, I'm, all I'm saying is if it was a full grown mountain lion, it might have been a different fight. Okay. I, I, okay. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. Uh, but what, so what ended up happening? Um, runner is okay. He is recovering from some flesh wounds. Wow. And uh, the lion is now deceased. Wow. So he basically fought off the lion and killed the lion. Yes. Uh, and they found out post-mortem that the lion was smothered or suffocated. So wow. I want some details about how this fight went down. Yeah. So like you said, the details he, are unfolding. He so. was. I, I read a different article. He he was bitten in the face and bitten in the arm. Okay. But they, they weren't life-threatening, but he's he's being treated... And his name is being withheld on purpose. 
Um, and yes, he did suffocate the. Uh, so he suffocated. Okay, so that's yeah. what you do with mountain lions. Well, the the Park Service released a statement that said that if uh, if you're attacked by a wild animal, you do whatever you can, whatever you have to do. But they recommend you go for the eyes, you go for the nose. Got it. Okay. It's like whenever Chris is being annoying, I pop him <laughs> on the nose. Fortunately, it's a little little pop on the nose. And, you haven't and, and suffocated he, me yet. Yeah. But, uh, you know, never never <laughs> Good know. Good lord. Um, so that was one story. Happy mm-hmm. ending there. Um, yeah. Good for the I don't runner. know if we call that a happy yeah, ending. Yeah, I don't know. It's At least the guy lived. lived. It, it, it sounds to me like, like it was going to be a fight to the death. Mm, okay. So if in a situation where the end outcome is a fight to the death, then, then perhaps we are rooting for the runner. I would say generally i'm always rooting for people over mountain lions but i (laughs) i will i will go on the record it always annoys me when when people are up in arms like when a bear kills somebody like oh now we got to go go get that bear no it's a wild animal yeah the bear did what a bear does that's true that is true all right um not a wild animal story here a uh domesticated dog it was was a stray was a stray dog was found Mm -hmm. By a woman who is running a marathon What's in Western name? Thailand. See, I'm not going to make an <laughs> attempt at this. Uh, well, you know what? What the heck? I will. Yeah, do it. K- Kimjira Klogsnengong. Nailed it. Yeah. She was seven miles into the Klumberg Marathon in Western Thailand when she saw a puppy, a stray puppy, running uh, next to her. and It wasn't running. Well, I guess it was... No, you're she right. She saw it on the street. Side she, of the road. She coerced it to come to her. Correct. And then she picked it up and ran the rest of the marathon with the puppy and, in her hand. So there's no houses nearby. So obviously this puppy was distressed and there's no way that, um, you know, he was... The, the puppy was near a, a house or, you know, probably in trouble had she not picked 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 uh, the puppy up. But runs the rest of the marathon with the that's, puppy. That's what she says. It really sounds like a dog napping story, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I believe – I want to like see to believe the good in people, people. and I don't. The dog <laughs> looks pretty scruffy. Yeah. Uh, we'll tweet out at Pace the Nation. Um, I think that – yeah, I think what she's saying is true. I mean, you've seen worse stunts of people <laughs> that want, that go I, viral. But, I'm, I'm not going to weigh yeah, in on this until right. I hear Derek Murphy's <laughs> right, side right, of the story. Right. Well – we were tweeted this uh, a number of times, um, and we appreciate. Uh, uh, we always Dude, appreciate this, our listeners doing the work for us and doing some producing. <laughs> if this isn't a pace the nation story, yeah, I don't is, know what yeah. is. So uh, we this, will tweet out the runner's world story. Almost as good as the gentleman from the UK who was doing the ultra marathon in the deserts of China, and a dog ran with him. Yeah, that's that, the that was good. that's the penultimate pace the nation story. Yeah. Uh, it was a tiny, so this dog, so this isn't like a dog that the DC dog runner is going to run, um, <laughs> second plug for his business, uh, yeah. on the show, but it's a tiny dog that she had to actually carry. So I just want to emphasize she carried oh, it's a dog a puppy. Yeah. for 19 miles, which is yeah. pretty cool. She had it tucked in there like a football. <laughs> <laughs> I know it did. I thought we were done with football. Oh yeah. Sorry uh, about that. Yeah. All right, so those were two uh, two running-related stories. But um, can I give you an update? Yeah. She did try to find the owners, and, and nobody's claimed the dog, so she has adopted that dog. Oh, she did? Yeah. Okay, so she's yeah. – all right, wow. 
Uh, so yeah, if you got stories like that, uh, you know what what uh, fits our show uh, at Pace the Nation. Send us a tweet. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram. Uh, Tess is doing a lot of stuff on Instagram stories, etc. At Pace the Nation there as well. Uh, this podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Now the show is coming out Friday. You still have time to sign up for the first Pacers race of the year. Love the run you're with. That's Sunday. So this Sunday, love the run you're with. 5K. The weather sometimes can be, you know, minus uh, five degrees out there. But uh, this year it's going to be nice. So still, still spots open for love the run you're with at Pentagon City. Uh, awesome 5K to start the year. Also. Uh, we will be finishing our 10 marathons in 10 days uh, world record attempt. Well, we, when I say we, I mean Michael Wardian will be finishing it. So It's a group effort. Yeah, it's a gr- definitely a group effort. So that will be Saturday uh, at Haynes Point. Wardian will be running his 10th marathon to try to set the Guinness Book of World Records for the fastest 10 marathons in 10 days. Which he has been progressing through. Yeah, so he started at 316, really tough day in Antarctica. Uh, Are there any easy days? Was it indoors? <laughs> no, it was did he, out, did he run at Gold's uh, Gym? Outside, outside. So, And then he's, he's really progressed well and started to run around 250 um, per marathon. Did you ever get an update on, on what he needs to average? 258 is, is what Guinness says, so that's what we're going to go with. Guinness is the arbiter of these things. Okay, right. so he can recover from yeah. the Antarctica challenge. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you, if he doesn't hit it, he can. He's crazy enough to just run the eleven. Just 11th, keep going, and so he'll have the tenth consecutive, and Antarctica will be pushed off, just wiped out. Yeah. So I still think he could do it if uh, if if he needs. So to, the record's ten marathons in ten days. It doesn't matter that he's doing. Doesn't matter continents or anything right. like that. Right. Right. I thought that he was trying to do 10 marathons on 10 continents. <laughs> you had me going for a second. <laughs> I, I was thinking about it just for a second there. Good try. Good try. Um, on Super Bowl Sunday, there was a group of hikers who got lost on the Billy Goat Trail in Great Falls. You guys know where the Billy Goat Trail is? Yes. Do you remember our recent guest who did a water rescue at the Billy Goat Trail? I was thinking about Dave Dildine when mm-hmm. uh, I was reading this. Should have called him. <laughs> they needed him. Um, so it's in the CNO National Park along the Potomac River. Uh, Billy Goat Trail, I don't think is, I don't, I, I don't want to offend anybody, but I don't think it's very hard to navigate it. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty straightforward. But You've had a lot of Potomac flooding over the last mm, couple okay. months, so that, I wonder if there's been any sense. changes. Yeah. Well, uh, there was a group of people, hikers, so judgy. who got <laughs> who got lost, uh, and uh, it took the police, the park police, fire department, and a helicopter rescue to find these guys. A helicopter rescue. A helicopter rescue. In a Twitter posting, uh, the representative from the Montgomery County Fire and Rescue Service said. Uh, they were lost on a trail with darkness coming. They needed help. The group was made up from five adults who were six. Uh, six of them were under 18. and Five adults, six of whom were under 18. No. no. 
Five adults plus six kids. Plus okay. six kids. Yeah, so 11 people. Uh, Good so, math there. Good recovery. <laughs> Park police helicopter circled overhead, probing uh, the area because of the darkness with a spotlight, and they were found and rescued. Um, they, they didn't need the helicopter actually to land and like jump in the helicopter. They, they kind of helped them navigate their way out of there. Uh, and get it led them to safety on an emergency access trail. So, um, yeah, Super Bowl Sunday night, uh, 11 people out hiking and saved by... Do they uh, need to be saved that quickly, though? I mean, just... just I mean, the game's on. Just make a, <laughs> make a life in the woods for a night, you know? Uh, my, buddy, my buddy who told me the story was thinking, how upset were the, were the EMT people who were sitting there watching the game and then oh they were rescued they, i wish i wish that somebody had called me in the second quarter and been <laughs> like we need you part of this search search and rescue it would be more exciting than yeah the i'd be like anything get i wish yeah. my mom asked me to run to the store and buy tomatoes like anything to it get away from bad. that game it was pretty bad i, I agree uh so anyways i just want to bring up that story we had dave on a couple weeks ago um you know, I was looking for his name and his story, but <laughs> yeah, what no, wasn't on there. But uh, good work to the uh, Park Police in Montgomery County Fire Department, who saved the hikers who were lost. All right, uh, finally, I got an email the other day, guys, um, from Bird Scooter, and you were personally contacted. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that it was a spam email to everybody who Maybe. is a Bird Scooter uh, aficionado. A bird scooter user. I think that's what the email is. Did you guys okay. not get the email? I have never ridden a bird scooter. Okay. Um, so the email's entitled, Hey Arlington, your commute just got a little e- easier. So they are they are rolling out designated scooter parking spaces at Courthouse, Crystal City, Pentagon City, and Roslyn. So bird scooters are now have you know, authorized parking spaces, so it makes it a little easier to know where to park or where to find. But isn't the whole bird gimmick scooter. of bird scooter that you're a lazy five year old and you just leave the thing jackknifed at the end of the driveway? You know, I think what you're saying was probably what they wanted to to convey initially. I think they wanted that to be who they were as a brand. Mm-hmm. But I think that people started getting upset. After three or four years, everybody them realized. jackknifing them. Oh, how selfish of everybody. Yeah, jackknifing them at the end of the driveway and in people's way. I think that's a response. I'm uh, kind of thinking, though, where is this going to be? So my first thought is exiting the Roslyn Metro. There's not a lot of vacant area around there yeah. to be parking a whole bunch of bird well, scooters. I mean, they're, it's right by the Metro, each of them right by the Metro. They said it's near the existing Capital Bike Share Station and, and and most each of these metros near an existing Capital Bike Share Station. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, we, we uh, fancy ourselves as uh, the place to come for news on bird scooters, mm-hmm. so I just want to make sure we brought it up. Right, right. But uh, I, I think kind of like you, I think, Docs, I think it's, it's kind of weird that now they have designated spots when the whole idea was – you know, leave it wherever you leave it. Yeah. And this... Like my sharing neighbor econ- who leaves it in their backyard. <laughs> sharing economy, you can just leave it, you know, it doesn't have to be... Now it's like, well, 
what's your difference than Capital Bike Share? Well, I also want to know Capital Bike Share takes up like essentially parking spaces in the road, which I'm down for. I'm here for the bike culture. But if bird scooters are taking up valuable parking spaces in areas that are already tough to park, I already don't like them. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I I, I don't know. I think um, I'm, I'm, I was pro bird scooter and I think I might be turning. Welcome be, to the dark side. I might be turning to the dark side. Well, I think this is in response to uh, they're trying to be proactive and get ahead of it before Arlington County limits them to 6,000 scooters. <laughs> 600. <laughs> All right. I misspoke. I'll never live that down. <laughs> anyway, so that's your bird scooter update of the, of the week. Um, Terrific. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Stay tuned for any breaking bird scooter news. We'll have it here first. All right, finally, I just wanted to... Uh, Another finally. No, I, wa- I wanted to uh, apologize uh, f- for um, my comments on Kara Goucher. I, uh, I thought they were maybe a little insensitive, so I just wanted to say that and um, apologize. I know there are a lot of Kara Goucher fans out there. And I'd like to take this time to point out that I didn't say anything offensive about Kara Goucher. <laughs> that's, that's fair. All right, great show, guys. Episode 182 in the books. Tess, I like that you write the episode number on the top of your book there so I can remember. Thank you. Do you need me to change the direction of the <laughs> yeah, book? Yeah, so she's got great notes over there, so mm-hmm. thank you for having those handy for me. You notice she has no notes prior to episode 175. <laughs> you you, you got to stop giving her a hard time. She could quit this show any moment. She doesn't need this show. So, so could I. No. Oh, I know that's true. That'd be awful. All right. Uh, thank you to Jason Dunn, the head coach of the men's cross-country team and head distance coach at the University of Virginia for the track team. Uh, he's also an owner of Formula Complete Fitness, formulacompletefitness.com. So thank you to Jason for joining us. Thank you to Test Strike. Thank you to William E. Docks. And thanks, of course, to you, the listener. I'm Chris Farley. This is Pace the Nation. We'll see you next week. the reference to penguin friends is that what she you, called her no it's because i said i have penguin friends in antarctica you, you were saying you you don't know anything about antarctica <laughs> that's a good one all right <laughs> well, you don't listen to the show either dude i, I look out this picture windows and every 
person walking a dog, I think. I wonder if they stole them in a marathon. <laughs> All I see is bird scooters. They're, yeah, across the street. Yeah. You know what I didn't get to that I wanted to talk about was um, dogs with dog jackets on. I just don't get the dog jackets. <laughs> I don't run with my dog with a dog jacket or walk with my dog uh-huh. with a dog jacket. Do you think they really help? Little ones, like little skinny ones that look freezing cold and they're shivering. Yeah. Okay. But like my dog wears a fur sweater. <laughs> I feel like a lot of them do. Uh, Jason has a GSP too, so I'm going to ask about that. Maybe I'll ask him about the dog. Uh, dog sweater. sweaters. But yeah, yours. Ha- All right, maybe the little ones. New okay. sweater. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Docs, we've we've Tess has exited stage right, mm-hmm. and uh, we've got you and me. I wonder uh, if she's going to come back later in the show. She might come back later in the okay. show. Spoiler alert! Okay. Uh, but we are very excited to be joined by a buddy of ours. Who's in studio? It's Jason Dunn. He is the head cross country coach for the men at the University of Virginia. He's also the distance coach for the men for track and field. And he's also, he and his wife own Formula Complete Fitness. I think that covers most of it. Jason, nope. how are you? No? <laughs> nope. So can, we, the, can we let him say hello to the audience at least? Sure. Yeah, well, I was Jason. Gonna, I was going to help introduce him. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. But go ahead, carry on, Docs. Go uh, ahead. Well, no, that's all right. We'll just yeah. do something yeah. else. All right. Well, let's just do another intro. Oh. I, uh, if we're if we're not gonna do, just do it, do it again. Okay. All right. Sorry. That's all right. All right. Here we go. We'll. We usually I'll just throw work. my thing in later. Okay. Okay. Well, I thought I thought I was gonna throw it in as like the accolades, whatever. But okay. All right. You can do that. It's fine. We'll. Right. I'll, I'll do it later. Because right. I, I have something. All right. Here we go. All right. Welcome back to the program. And now, Docs, we are. All right, welcome oh, back. Jesus. <laughs> We're usually much better than this. I swear to God. We're very nervous. This is very nervous. Yeah, your presence is just presence. killing us. Um, all right. All right. Welcome back to the program. And now, Docs, we have had Tess exit stage right. So it's oh, just that, me and you. That was a good – I forgot about that. Do it again. Did The way you did it before was good. Okay. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Docs, we've had exit. <laughs> this is this we've is never done. We've, we've done never 182 done. shows. We've never done two okay. takes. Before. All right, all right, all right. Let's get let's get all right, all right, all right. Seriously, I think we're spoiled by this the edit. Really ridiculous. Did you coach Chase? Or Did not. No. You didn't coach Chase. I was it's, the director of ops during that time. Okay. Okay. Cool. Did all you right. ever buy him a plane ticket? <laughs> I sure did. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I did a All couple right. times. So this is kind of how our show would go if <laughs> yeah. we were recording. Okay. It would be him. <laughs> That's all I do is yeah. I just jump in. And okay. just kinda, all right. Keep, so it's kind of a long intro. It was. We, we did a lot there. 